Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Folks, we're teetering on what could be an economic meltdown, threatening to wash away our savings and retirement. Inflation has surged to levels unseen in 40 years. Gold is the smartest and most responsible investment you can make for you and your family in times like these. A safe haven asset that protects your purchasing power and your wallet from inflation. When it comes to protecting your IRA or 401k, trust only the best. My friends at Allegiance Gold. Allegiance Gold has earned the highest trust ratings in the precious metals industry and builds relationships based on integrity, expertise, and impeccable service. Get up to $5,000 in free silver on a qualifying purchase when you visit protectwithlou.com today or give them a call at 844-6484-LOU. Don't wait. Take control of your retirement today. Call 844-6484. 84-L-O-U and speak with one of their experts. Time is of the essence. Protect your future with Allegiance Gold. Visit protectwithlou.com or call 844-648-4LOU. Hello, everybody. I'm Lou Dobbs. Welcome to The Great America Show. Great to have you with us. The Marxist Dems looking to interfere in the 2024 presidential election dealt a major blow this week in Minnesota. A Supreme Court judge there has rejected the Marxist Dems' unprecedented 14th Amendment insurrection challenge that would have kept Trump off the ballot in the state. Minnesota and New Hampshire both rejecting what are desperate lawsuits with no foundation in either fact or law. The Marxist Dems keep trying, though, The same bunch has lawsuits in courts in Michigan and Colorado. They, too, should be rejected. Trump at a rally this week in Hialeah, Florida, said ever since his 2016 candidacy, the Marxist Dems have put him, his family, and this country through hell with their abuses of power. But he said in the end, we will all win. Every day since our 2016 victory, that was some year... The sick political class we defeated has been trying to scratch and claw their way back into total control over our lives. They are working so hard. It's actually all they're good at. They're bad at policy. They're bad at everything, but they're only good at that. And they're really great at cheating in elections, but we're not going to let that happen. They put you, me, my family and our country through hell. But in the end, they will fail and we will win because we will never stop fighting to save the America we love. I believe Trump will prevail in 2024, and that means so will America. Trump's poll numbers show a commanding lead over all of his primary opponents and a three to four point lead over Biden in some national polls. A new poll from CNN shows Trump leading Biden among men of color. The poll shows President Trump getting almost 50% support from men of color, Biden getting just 46%. In the same poll, Trump is beating Biden 
with minority voters under 35 and beating Biden as well in the head-to-head general election matchup. Turning now to the Israel-Hamas war, Joe Biden's CIA director, Bill Burns, in Israel, meeting with Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu. Burns has reportedly been urging Biden, behind the scenes of course, to force Israel to agree to a ceasefire with Hamas terrorists. Israel says there's no clear justification for a ceasefire. They fear it would only allow Hamas to regroup and to create more international pressure on Israel to not resume the fight and to save Hamas from sure destruction. Israel did, however, agree to temporary four-hour humanitarian pauses in North Gaza each day to allow hostages to evacuate. Joining us now is our great American foreign policy and national security panel, Gordon Chang and Tony Schaefer. Great to have you with us. Let's start with the CIA director. It seems he is now a diplomat as well as CIA director. He's being dispatched to various hotspots, including, of course, Israel and environs. What do you make of a CIA director as a globe-trotting diplomat as well as a spook? Gordon? Certainly. And clearly the Biden administration wants a ceasefire. That was the initial reaction um, in the first moments after the October 7th attacks. And then finally they got their bearings and they understood that Israel had to destroy Hamas. So they pushed back from that. But what we have seen over the last three or four days is as Biden is losing support of Arab and Muslim Americans, um, you're now seeing a full press on uh, a ceasefire, which is what uh, they want. And I think that's the last thing the United States should be doing, because this is not going to be solved as long as Hamas is in control of the Gaza Strip. And, and, and Tony, your thoughts? I agree with Gordon. I think that um, the way to sum up the Biden administration is, is they, they're, they're, they don't want to lose. They don't want to win. They don't know how to win, but they don't want to lose. So that's why you see this. I'd say 90 degree shifts in policy overnight in some cases where, yeah, you've got uh, a, a Marine Corps three-star general advising the uh, the uh, IDF on the ground regarding urban warfare. At the same time, you've got Burns, Blinken, and others behind the scenes trying to convince them to slow down or do the ceasefire. And uh, Hamas is a, is a cancer. And that cancer has had its message amplified by Iran uh, and by others who are wanting to continue to weaken the United States' role and hand in, in the Middle East. And I think we are an ind- indispensable partner. I think we've done a lot to help others work through things, especially with the Abraham Accords. But at this point, um, the Israelis took it on the chin on the 7th of October. They lost by proportion uh, what would have been the equivalent of us losing 50,000 people on 9-11. That is to say, if, you, if the populations were equivalent and um, they have every right to go in there. And and by the way, uh, for those who are studying the actual battle, the Israelis are doing it masterfully. They've done uh, a, uh, a three-pronged approach to Gaza. Uh, they're doing it uh, very meticulously. They're minimizing civilian casualties. So this is not the time for a ceasefire. This is not the time to get in their way to try to slow them down. 
Did any of us expect any different result, though, really? Uh, the Israeli military has won more battles uh, than the United States military over the course of the past 30 years. Uh, I, I just uh, marvel at the effrontery, the arrogance uh, of this administration and this military, this Pentagon, to go in to tell the Israeli defense forces how to fight a war uh, in the Middle East uh, on that terrain, which is their terrain. Uh, don't you find that astonishing? Gordon, Tony? Well, I, yeah, I certainly do. Um, and it is arrogance. And as something that Tony referred to, and that is that uh, the Biden administration really wants to manage the situation. And if you want to find a parallel, it's, it's what uh, Biden has tried to do in Ukraine as well. He's not looking for a victory. He's just trying to prevent the conflict from broadening out. And um, this is basically the approach of Jake Sullivan and Anthony Blinken and the president himself. And, you know, it might sound responsible to people saying, oh, we can't have an escalation. But when we look at this way that this policy approach has been applied, not only just in this administration, but in previous ones as well, it has led to this disastrous situation in the world where we have not seen in our lifetimes such a rapid collapse of America's standing in the world and the quick dissolution of peace and stability and order around the world. Yeah, and, and, go, ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry, Tony. No, I was going to say, that, to, to add to Gordon's point, when you have people who are not, first off, I, I don't think Tony Blinken understands the Arabs. I don't think they understand how to talk to them. I think they've, uh, by trying to quote unquote manage things, they've made it far worse. Because what they do then is antagonize our allies and, and empower our enemies. The enemies become stronger, our allies get upset. And so right now, and, and this is reflected domestically, I know I don't want to get the domestic stuff, but uh, the, the folks uh, who support uh, Israelis' right to, to retaliate are upset with the Biden administration. Uh, those pro, uh, uh, pro um, Palestinians are upset with the Biden administration. They've literally put themselves in a position to be as weak as possible and have a, a, as least possible leverage over the situation as can be imagined at this point. You know, and to Tony's point about uh, the Biden administration not understanding um, Arab states, if you talk to um, these countries in the Gulf, they are secretly rooting for Israel. Yes. No, they do not want uh, Hamas to exist after this. And although they say things that are different in public, um, nonetheless, the private conversations in the capitals around the Gulf um, and in the region are basically yet yeah, are, yes, Israel must win. Well, Israel must win. Israel will win. Uh, and I don't think there's ever been a question about that. that. That's the sort of the interesting thing to me is I follow the amplifiers in the national left wing media. What do they choose to to broadcast and and to print? They're talking about the concern, the desultory uh, effects of actually having to put weapons and munitions into Israel and how that's going to shortchange Ukraine. And we won't be able to deal with a five front war. Well, I just I'll carry on with Gordon. What Gordon was saying, let him jump back in. Um, there's a certain lack of of uh, understanding by just the way the the universe works with this administration. It's not only the Arab states; it's about China. It's about every or you know, the you, you literally have, in my judgment, Lou, the a, a, the equivalent of a high school debating team who 
have been brought up on platitudes who are fed and reinforced in their bad thinking by these mainstream media outlets. And it becomes a huge echo chamber. Now, Gordon, I know, goes to original sources. I do my best to go to original sources. If I say something publicly, I'd like to believe I can back it up by a source, either private or, or public, and have, have and, and, and like to be uh, reflective in, in the context I say things. There's no such uh, effort by the Biden administration. Jean-Luc Picard, Corrine, uh, whatever her name is, will spout whatever the propaganda is of the day. As best yeah, she can remember she, it. Uh, well, yeah, and then and then John Kirby, I know John. Uh, John. I, I'm sorry, you do. Uh, John is the consummate snake oil salesman. I mean, you know, he would sell his mother to Hamas if he thought it would give him a, a better job at the White House, I'm sure. He was an admiral. In apparently he was an admiral. US I knew Navy. He was an admiral. I knew Look, in, in the we US went, Navy. We went round and around about the Berg Dahl thing, if you recall, because I was, you know, I got information he was going to be in, be brought up on charges. And, you know, he called me into the Pentagon and, you know, we don't want to admit we're going to do this. Like, uh, oh, okay. Well, whatever. Anyway, but back to, to this issue with Gordon, uh, you have now because of their inability to, to separate what my friend Catherine Herridge calls happy talk from ground truth, you have the chaos that we now see. Yeah, we're talking with Tony Schaefer and Gordon Chang, and we're gonna talk some more. And I can't wait to hear what they've got to say about the Biden administration and the Nobel Peace Prize, uh, because I see a big opportunity here for a man who can barely get across the stage. Doesn't everybody? We'll be right back, stay with us. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We're back with Tony Schaefer and Gordon Chang. I was just saying before the break, guys, uh, you know, this is a real opportunity for Joe Biden, a man who can't get across the stage without help, can't even read a teleprompter, uh, has hard time expressing thoughts, whether his or anyone else's. What, what do you think, Gordon? Well, this would be reminiscent of um, Barack Obama's Nobel Peace Prize um, for basically being elected president of the United States. And, you know, I'm sure the people who hand out the prize would like to see Biden get another term. Um, and it's not beyond the realm of the possibility uh, that he would actually get it. And while we're talking about Nobel Peace Prizes, um, if there were any justice in this world, President Trump should have gotten it for the Abraham Accords. Without question. Despite everybody's um, expectation, um, the president was able to stitch together important agreements that really at one time looked like they would make um, peace enduring in that region. Um, so, you know, we'll just have to see. But um, 
You know, I think the American public understands that Biden has presided over the collapse of the international system and that he's in large part responsible for it. So um, I don't think that uh, a Nobel Peace Prize will help him in his election uh, bid, because right now it doesn't look very good, as we've seen from the polls and as we can just sense from our notion of what's right and what's wrong. Tony, do you agree with that? I mean, uh, it seems uh, somewhat uh, skeptical of the president's uh, immense uh, diplomatic acumen and uh, expertise. Come on, man. So I'm going to leave you hanging with that one. Every every man, every, every president I've I've either worked for or have been associated with or known, other than Joe Biden, has sought to do something diplomatically that's noteworthy. Carter did something with uh, Menachem Begin, I believe, as I recall. There was an effort to address the very issue we're talking about right now. Uh, Reagan uh, and Gorbachev, man, you know, Bud McFarlane, God rest his soul, Bud was a close friend and told me great stories. Ambassador Hank Cooper, I've heard some amazing stories about the, the diplomatic acumen of, of Reagan. Um, Clinton, uh, Clinton worked uh, Oslo too, signed it on the White House lawn. Uh, George Bush, uh, they all have attempted to do things which Tony, are. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but think about this. How many Nobel Peace Prize applications and peace prizes have been awarded to American presidents for not achieving peace in the Middle East? Just just on that one subject. I think that there should be a separate subcommittee to the Nobel Committee, and that is for American presidents interfering in the, uh, the geopolitics of the Mideast region, and in particular, uh, the uh, Palestinian-Israel uh, conflict. What do you think? Well, I, look, if they want... Is that too cynical of me? No, well, it, it's... It, it's, it's uh... It's the eye of the beholder, I suppose, Lou. I mean, look, I um, I, I talked to Tony Zinni. General Zinni uh, was uh, commander of Central Command, and he was uh, the guy that went in under uh, um, Bush, 40, 43. And he was there based on the fact that he was a blue dog Democrat. He was not a Republican. And he was there under a Republican administration to try to sort things out. And he walked away completely frustrated. He believed that there was no path forward as long as the, the players on the left, the Hamas, and those guys were there. So the, the bottom line is if negotiating with the folks who are basically bent and committed to the destruction of the very straight you're, you're trying to help out is not a good idea because it, it is, to your point, meddling then. It's simply a self-aggrandizement for purposes of trying to show that the United States has a, has a role to play when actually I think it's probably best to, to be, not be in it. And that could be the case right now because there's really no role for the United States in, within the context of Hamas. Hamas needs to be eliminated. So, And why there would be interference in that objective on the part of the Israelis by the United States is beyond me. Uh, but uh, there it is in the midst of a... Uh, a maelstrom, uh, a tragedy visited upon the Israelis by the Hamas terrorist group on October 7th, we have a president who is simultaneously moving two carrier groups into the eastern Mediterranean and uh, calling for a two-state solution uh, and respecting the rights of Hamas. Uh, it, it is, it, it's madness, uh, a highly, highly... <laughs> Uh, mad version of madness uh, for this administration to be talking like that, don't you? Th don't you think, Gordon? Well, clearly, um, there's there's a sense um, when you think about it that 
Um, the Biden administration doesn't understand the seriousness of the situation in the world today, which is the reason why they're trying to manage the Middle East. What we should be understanding is that the world has divided. On the other side um, is evil. It's Russia, China, North Korea, Iran, and that free societies like Israel and the United States are threatened and that uh, China and its friends are going to continue until they rule the world. Now, most Americans won't accept that characterization of what's going on, but I believe that as we see um, events unfold, especially starting with the catastrophic withdrawal from Afghanistan, that we start to understand the seriousness of this. And by the way, we Americans, we tend to look at things and say, oh, it's over on the other side of an ocean. But remember that China and Iran are seeding operatives into the United States as we speak across our southern border and through the Florida Keys. And these are our individuals who probably will wage war on the United States when they get the signal to do so. Remember that lab in Reedley, California, the one that uh, secret Chinese biological weapons facility um, had at least 20 pathogens, according to the official count, and almost a thousand mice that had been genetically engineered to spread disease. War is coming to American soil, and we Americans better understand that we're in this war already, and that if we don't try to win it, we're going to lose our country. Well, it's easily lost with the fifth column, with the dimensions and the power uh, and the scope of the fifth column that right now is threatening the United States from within. The Marxist Dems control uh, all of education. They control the, all of the federal government. The Marxist Dems control the Democrat Party. The Marxist Dems control the military. Uh, and those values have been transmitted and inculcated throughout the military. It's not this isn't just about being, uh, you know, major or captain deep. This is pervasive throughout the military. So, you know, I never anticipated a, bil a military that would value who you sleep with and the skin color that you hold over your value of uh, integrity and tactical skills. I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing what the priorities are right now and what has happened. It's not, and Biden is getting, is weeping the benefit, weeping the, the, the wind of change, if you will, perhaps from multiple administrations, starting with the, the Clintons. The Clintons started this trend of, of politicizing the military and leaders. And they, they, it's, it's become the policy of uh, D, D, uh, D-I-E or whatever it is, D-E-I. It's, we're going to D-I-E if we don't get rid of D-E-I. Diversity, and equity, Equity inclusion. and inclusion. And so, look, I felt pretty included when I was being yelled at by drill sergeants back in 1981 because you were all green. And that was the idea. We, you, and, and so everything that was worked through the civil rights movement to make everybody equal, to be. Uh, uh, How do we roll this back, Tony? How do we roll it back? We roll it back by firing people. You, 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 well, let me, is, we're going to get a little more granular than that. Uh, we're going to take a quick break and we're going to be right back with Tony Schaefer and Gordon Chang. Stay with us. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We're back with Tony Schaefer and Gordon Chang. And uh, Tony, I I rudely interrupted you for a commercial break, but... uh, there it is. And uh, I, I, I think everybody would love to hear what specifically and in granular terms can be done to rescue this military from its leadership. You have to go to centers of gravity. And those centers of gravity are essentially three places in the military. The military, uh, the, um, the academies and the colleges above the academy. You have to take that back, Lou. You have to get uh, the curriculum unhijacked. How long does it take? It's, you fire the commandant and you have the commandant, you appoint a commandant who understands the value of merit over skin color and, and who you sleep with. And Who makes those decisions about who's the commandant? Well, who, whoever. Of the academies. The, the leadership of the Army and military, of the Army, Navy, the and Marines. Yeah, whoever the chiefs is, of each one of the branches. And Exactly. exactly. And so you've got a joint chiefs that are a chairman of the joint chiefs advising the president, the joint chiefs themselves are all on the same page, uh, polemically, uh, in terms of values? Well, so Lou, the answer is you need to find generals who you trust to come back. Look, uh, they brought back Pete Schoomaker from retirement to, to work to run the war after 9-11 because they didn't trust the generals then. Uh, let me tell you, I, I, hope, I don't want to get him in trouble because he's a great general. Joe Dunford, Joe, fighting Joe Dunford, did a study in the Marine Corps showing that women could not serve in equal rank positions as men. And, and he was completely dismissed for that. I mean, they still made him chairman, but Joe never lost sight of what was necessary. And he b- turned out to be Trump's favorite general because Joe uh, was a general. He wasn't a politician. That's why he's not out there you know, in the news talking about all the nonsense. Here's the question, Joe Dunford or whomever, what's the last war he won? What is the last oh, war the U.S. military won? And you have to go back Iraq. over 20 years. We, we have not done well. And I, I'm not here to put a... But how do, we, how do we actually sit here as intelligent, fairly knowledgeable, fairly intelligent? I'm including so, myself to bring that average down. I have to say to you, I don't understand how we can sit here and actually talk about the U.S. military... Uh, as a fighting force that has the power that we have in, uh, both invested in uh, and which we have, uh, we've been ripped off uh, by the military industrial complex, by the generals, the generals, uh, general and flag officers of the military. Yeah. This is a joke. They're flying around in G550s and G650s and having a grand old time. Uh, it's it's ridiculous what's going on, and nobody wants to speak honestly about the state of the military right now. Well, we do, and then, Lou, you need an Eisenhower who understands, you know, Eisenhower started out as a lieutenant colonel at the beginning of Second World War, and he ended up as the guy in charge. You need an Eisenhower. We need Eisenhowers who can come through and change things. Well, Gordon, you you have the deciding vote on how we fix this thing in the military in particular. Well, I have a different perspective 
um, needed. And that is, that is the urgency of the situation involving China. We have a military that's planning for a war in the 2030s and the 2040s and building superb weapons to do that, where I think that we need to be figuring out how we can get munitions to forces in the front line, harden our facilities, figure out what to do in uh, the first half hour of a war. Yep. And we do not have a military that is actually focusing on that right now because they don't have a sense of urgency. Yeah, I, I think that's exactly right. Uh, unfortunately, I also don't see a a force that could motivate uh, a change in the United States military. We've got Jake Sullivan, the National Security Advisor, days before October 7th, telling the Israelis we've got this thing under control. Peace is at hand uh, with Hamas and with Iran. They haven't been right about anything. Ukraine, China, Russia, or Iran. No, I mean, the military left to its own devices will worship mediocrity and do the very least possible because generals want to get, officers get promoted by playing it safe. You know, I've had this conversation, Lou, in, in, in the private in the past. Uh, the military, if, if you, for every Eisenhower, for every, um, uh, uh, who, who was it, the father of the nuclear navy, um, Rick, Rick Over? Rick Over. You have, ten, you have 10 people who, who, uh, who basically love the, the, the rubbles and flourishes of being a general officer. And they'll do, you know, they, they even have a finishing school now for these guys. And they call Tony, isn't this true of every peacetime just before a war? Yeah. Where essentially, you've, you know, you've got the bureaucracy, which has grown and mushroomed and taken over the Pentagon. Yeah. And then what happens in a war is that everybody panics and then returns to um, where they should have been in the first place. Right. I mean, it's I think that there's a great exception to that, Gordon, uh, and that would be World War Two. Uh, not only did we have a president, a commander in chief, who uh, was correctly anticipating uh, historic developments, we had 1.4 million uh, men in uniform uh, uh, on uh, on uh, Pearl Harbor Day, December seventh. Think about that: 1.4 million. They were they were drilling with broomsticks uh, and two by fours. But they were drilling because this, the president of the United States, Franklin Colonel Roosevelt, understood what was happening. Right. He already had his eye, his eye on George C. Marshall as the ultimate uh, military leader, which he proved to be, and brilliantly so. Uh, and Marshall had his eye on Eisenhower from the very beginning. Uh, it, it was uh, it, it was a remarkable period of time and r remarkable prescience on the part of that. But you had a president with a triple-digit IQ. Right. You had men and women around him who were intelligent, engaged, and weren't there uh, to to make their fortune uh, or to, you know, maybe I'll get a ticket on the on Air Force One. Uh, these people were patriots, and they were committed to not just the survival of the United States, but to the victory against the enemies, whether they be the, the Axis powers, the Nazis, uh, the, the Japanese, you name it, they were going to die before American forces, we put them into the field. Absolutely right, Lou. I mean, FDR was a hero and, and he did see it coming. Uh, unfortunately, across the American political spectrum, and this is not just Biden and the Democrats, we have a political system that does not understand the urgency of the situation. 
And we have a military, as I mentioned, that does not understand that they could actually be at war tonight. They've got slogans like U.S. forces Korea, you know, fight tonight. But I don't think we've got a military that is actually prepared to do that. They don't have the reloads. They don't have the hardened facilities. I think that they are going to be caught by surprise um, because we don't understand the Chinese political system. We don't understand Xi Jinping. We don't understand the internal dynamics inside China that could that could actually get that country to lash out and take us by surprise. Isn't it interesting to think uh, what dullards we are when there is the the alternate prospect here, and that is that perhaps we're not that stupid, that really the solutions are looking straight at us. The problems are not so convoluted, uh, complex, and uh, removed that we can't reach out and solve them. Uh, We have a group of people who simply are not intellectually uh, gifted uh, to to do the most basic uh, requirements uh, of leadership. Uh, which is to anticipate, to innovate, to adapt, respond, react. Uh, And that is, you know, that's the credo of every special operations force uh, that we have. We need to promote those folks up, uh, (laughs) bring them onto boardrooms of corporations, uh, put them everywhere we can. Uh, But this is a, there is such a lassitude, as you say, Gordon, uh, amongst our civilian leadership. Uh, And and let's be honest, Tony Blinken, Jake Sullivan, President uh, Biden, uh, go, I mean, really, Jennifer Granholm, I mean, you're talking about people who are fraudulent uh, in their capacity uh, and their abilities. And we pretend it's a government. It is a government. Uh, but we have um, Shetland ponies pulling, you know, a, a, a three-ton carriage. It is preposterous what our expectations are against what they should be. Uh, we're going to, you guys get the last word here. Uh, Tony, we'll begin with you. And uh, Gordon, you get the final wrap-up. So to Gordon's point, Lou, um, Omar Bradley once said, uh, uh Amateurs talk strategy, professionals talk logistics. And Gordon's point is, you know, we have not been thinking through what would be necessary to respond rapidly. We do have plans, and I will say this to defend my my brothers in uniform. There are Eisenhowers, there are Omar Bradleys out there, but because of the malaise of the peacetime military, they've been suppressed, they've been stuck in jobs in, you know, Alaska or other places, because they don't want people who are going to be hard-edged and think things through like you're talking about, but they're there. The question becomes, Lou, can they come and, and rise to the top when it becomes necessary? And I think that that time of necessity is coming quickly. Word. The last word. The most important thing is leadership in the Oval Office. And um, we will not get very far with the current occupant because whatever reason, he's being blackmailed by China, bought by China and Ukraine, or just totally misguided, as Robert Gates once said, Um, we're just not going to get there. We have to hang on until 2025 on January 20. And hopefully we will have a president like a Reagan, um, like a George Washington, like an FDR, um, who understands the situation and who is willing to lead the United States and the international system to peace, stability and victory over the forces of evil. And yes, the other side is evil. And, and they're painting 
painting pro-Palestinian and Hamas slogans on the uh, pillars of the gates to the White House and demonstrating by the hundreds of thousands in our country right now. Uh, we have a lot, a lot to overcome. And I guess uh, I can take solace in the beginning uh, of knowledges, first a question. Uh, and I'm curious to find out which way we go here from here. And I know the American people are as well. Thank you, gentlemen, for offering your thoughts and your, uh, your insight. We appreciate it. Gordon Chang, Tony Schaefer, good to have you with us. Thanks, God bless you. Thanks, Thanks for, Thank you. Thank you, Gordon. Thanks, everybody, for being with us here today. Our guest tomorrow on The Great America Show, Congressman Eli Crane, on the congressional investigations of President Biden and the Biden crime family. The impeachment inquiry is obviously heating up. Please join us for that tomorrow. Join us each and every day. Thanks, everybody. God bless you, and may God bless America. America.